Hello, I'm Danny Aiken, President of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We want to thank you for listening to this chapel message. Our mission at Southeastern is to seek to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by equipping students to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. We hope that you enjoy this chapel message and that you will visit our website. It's www.sebts.edu. There you can learn more about our school and what the Lord is doing here. We hope you enjoyed the message. Thank you for being a part of what we're doing here. Let me uh, extend my welcome this morning to all of those who have come to celebrate uh, this wonderful day, this graduation for uh, this December class. Uh, I believe this has got to be the warmest December graduation that I can remember uh, on record. Um, Al Gore may be right, but I, <laughs> I, I, I will hold my judgment for now. But... Um, we are glad to have you here. It is an exciting, uh, wonderful time, and uh, especially do I want to say thank you to the families that have entrusted these uh, men and women to us for these years of preparation. I, I do not take that uh, for granted. This morning, I want to, within the context of the season and the occasion, uh, speak for just a few moments on the gift that keeps on giving, the gift we keep on giving. I love this time of the year. It is, without any question, my favorite. I think it's probably the same for most of you. This is when uh, friends and family get together. Uh, this is when we celebrate graduation, which I'm sure all of you would say a hearty amen to and uh, rejoice in. And, uh, of course, it's also a time of the year when we get into the spirit uh, of giving gifts. And I have to tell you, I love to give gifts, though I, I must be honest, I pale in comparison when it comes to gift giving to my wife. Uh, my uh, sons and my daughter-in-laws, when we go to visit them, get a big grin on their face, and I later learn behind our back, they would say, the bank is coming to town. And, um, of course, that's what uh, parents uh, do for their children, and especially uh, their grandchildren. And uh, my wife excels at that. But, you know, it's natural, is it not, for Christians uh, to be very, very good, to be, be the best givers. Uh, after all, our God is the greatest gift giver of all. And so we're simply following in His footsteps when we are generous in our giving. And this morning I want to talk for just a moment about the gift that God has given. And you find it summarized beautifully in a single verse uh, of the Bible found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15. It's only uh, eight words, uh, but those eight words are pregnant with meaning. Thanks be to God for His inexpressible gift. The great Greek scholar A.T. Robertson, whom you all were introduced to when you came to Southeastern, said of this verse, it is one of Paul's gems. It flashed out like a gleam of light that clears the air. And it is indeed a wonderful verse. And of course, when you came here, uh, we taught you a class called hermeneutics, which is a big fancy word that simply means interpretation. And of course, in our context, we applied it to biblical interpretation. And uh, one of the things we would say to you when you study a passage of Scripture is uh, it's wise to look at it 
in different translations, just to, just to see how different translations capture uh, the essence or the nuance of the Hebrew, if it's the Old Testament, or the, uh, the Greek, if it's the New Testament. And uh, it proves to be very instructive on this particular verse. Uh, the ESV, which I quoted just a moment ago, thanks be to God for His inexpressible gift. Uh, the New American Standard and the New International Version and the Holman Christian Standard, the New King James, they all come together uh, with one idea. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Uh, the King James, thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. And Eugene Peterson in his paraphrase, which is not a translation, it's a more free rendering, thank God for this gift, His gift. No language can praise it enough. Now, I'm going to do something this morning that I hope will work. I'm going to bring you back into the classroom for one final moment. Don't fear, there'll not be a test at the end. And uh, even if you fail it, you're going to still get your diploma today. But I thought it would also be a little fun for your family and your friends to kind of see some of the things that we tried to do when you came here to study at Southeastern. And so in the area of hermeneutics, we in the area of Bible interpretation, uh, yes, we taught you study a passage, read a passage in, in multiple translations, but also uh, we taught you to bombard a text with a number of questions. Remember the questions, who, what, where, when, why, how, and how much? And those are the kind of questions that we should ask of any particular text. And when you ask those kind of questions of this text, I think you find some marvelous spiritual truth that I, I pray this morning will be for you all and as well as those that are here uh, instructive. But as we prayed yesterday together, it is also my prayer that this uh, brief exercise will be life-changing for some of the folks who are here today. Because let me go ahead and, and, and tip my hand and, and put my cards on the table. We prayed yesterday for all of you who would be here for this service that it would be a time of great celebration and blessing. But we also prayed in particular for some who are here today who do not know the Lord Jesus as their Savior. I know that some of you are here today uh, because you love these graduates, but it's not normally the case that you would be in a church on, on Sunday. It's, it's been a long time since perhaps you've read the Bible and uh, you recognize this morning that uh, in terms of your own personal life, uh, that there is a significant uh, uh, distance uh, between you and the Lord. And, and I strongly suspect that you did not come here today expecting, well, today is going to be the day of my salvation when I commit my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. But you see, uh, our God's in the business of surprises. And uh, He does what you do not expect when you don't expect it. And it is our prayer that perhaps for some of you today that will take place as we just engage in a very quick exercise of asking the who, what, where, when, why, and how questions of thanks be to God for His unspeakable, indescribable, you just can't put it into words gift. And so the first question we would ask is where? Where do we find this particular verse? Of course, we taught you that context is king when you're interpreting a biblical text. And we find this particular verse, amazingly, in a two-chapter discourse on giving. 
where Paul is challenging the Corinthians to give financially, in particular, to assist a suffering church back in Jerusalem. And his principle is really quite simple. We give because he gave. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15 only makes sense in light of 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, where the Bible says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. And so there is the motivation. God did not just give any gift. We're going to come back and talk about the magnitude and the greatness of that gift. But this is the context in which we find this phrase, thanks be to God for his indescribable, unspeakable gift. It is talking, I believe, clearly about the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's where we find the verse. Now, what are we to do? What does this text tell us to do? It says, well, give thanks. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Now, interestingly, the word thanks sounds like a verb uh, in English, but actually in the original text, it's a noun. And the Greek word is the word charis, which, of course, we have learned in our Greek classes is the word for grace or the word favor. But in this particular context, uh, the word thanks is a very good translation. In other words, Paul basically takes this word and puts it in the context of a public declaration that he invites all of us to enter into, give thanks to God. Why? Because of this indescribable, this unsurpassable gift. In other words, we give thanks and we show thanks both by generous giving But don't miss the context. We also show thanks by giving Him not only of our financial resources, but we give thanks by giving Him our very lives. In fact, again, go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 3 through 5, and there Paul says of the churches of Macedonia, for they gave according to their means and beyond their means, for they gave themselves first to the Lord. 2011, December graduates, if I could just leave you with one word this morning, it would be simply this, first and above all, give yourself to the Lord. As Paul says in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18, the Lord Jesus, He is to have the preeminence in every area and in every aspect of your life. I shared it with you yesterday. I'll share it again this morning. If you see me sometime in the future, I'll probably say the same thing again. If you were to come up to me and say, you know, uh, Danny, I'm just trying to get at the very heart and essence of what it means to be a faithful follower of Jesus and, and to honor Him with my life. Do you have a word? It's a very simple word. All that matters in life is that you please God. All that matters in life, if you like, is that you continually place Jesus first. And by giving Him your life, that is a means whereby you and I say, thank you, dear God, for your indescribable, your unspeakable gift. So, what do we do? We give thanks. But who do we give thanks to? Well, the text is clear. Thanks be to God. You see, giving thanks always requires an object. In fact, it actually requires a person. And here we are told, give thanks to God. Now, it's not just any God here. 
Uh, no, they, you weren't taught deism at uh, Southeastern Seminary. You weren't taught uh, pantheism uh, here at Southeastern Seminary. You certainly were not taught uh, that polytheism, uh, a multiplicity of gods, is the right way to think about uh, the supreme being. No, there, there's only one God. And the Bible reveals Him as the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the only God worthy of our thanks, worthy of our lives, worthy of being put in first place. This is the God of John 3.16 who so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him would receive the wonderful gift of eternal life. This is the God that the Bible reveals as a loving God, as a giving God, as a holy God, as a righteous God, as a merciful God, as a forgiving God, as a sovereign God, as a creator God. This is the God that through the Lord Jesus Christ you and I can call Father. The Bible uses the beautiful phrase we can say Abba, which means Daddy. Now, I would be remiss this morning if I didn't quickly add, by the way, this father is a good father. Uh, this father is a great father. I know that in this room today, there's some of you here that when you think of a father, it doesn't bring to your mind uh, very sweet thoughts or very endearing memories. Perhaps you were abused. Perhaps you were abandoned. Perhaps even today there is a, a deep scar in your soul because of an unhealthy, yea, non-existent relationship with a father. But you see, here's what the Bible teaches and here's what the great philosopher Pascal said. God has made all of us with what can be called a, a God-shaped vacuum. I, I call it a hole in the soul. And it can only be filled and you can only find satisfaction in a relationship with a perfect father a perfect heavenly Father. And so when you come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can say, thanks be to God who is my Father, the God who is my Daddy, the God whom the Bible says will never leave you or forsake you. That's the God, by the way, that you guys and gals will be serving until you go to see Him for all of eternity in heaven. He is the God no matter where you go. Some of you across the world. Some of you to very difficult places in North America. Some of you to go into very difficult church situations. I just want to remind you, He is the God. He is the Father who will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will always be there with you every step of the way. So, where? It's in the context of giving. What? We give thanks to who? God, who is our Father. Why do we do it? Why do we then favor and grace and thank this God and no other God? Now, don't miss this. For His inexpressible, His indescribable gift. Now, you took Greek and Hebrew, at least most of you. And so we hopefully taught you to do word studies. And I did a word study. And I discovered that this word here, translated indescribable, uh, surpassing, uh, is only used one time in the New Testament right here. And in fact, 
several commentators said that we don't find the word anywhere outside the literature of the Bible. Some have even surmised, in fact, A.T. Robertson again said, I'm quite convinced that Paul most likely coined or made up a word because the Greek language was simply not adequate to capture what he was trying to say concerning the gift that God had given. Now, again, some of the Bible teachers said, well, the, the unsurpassing, the indescribable, the inexpressible gift is a reference to salvation. Others said it must be a reference to God's grace. Others said it's a reference to God's Son. And being the theologian that I am, I say yes to all three. I don't see any reason to separate salvation from grace from Jesus. But I will say this, in light of its context, In light of chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, I believe preeminently Paul had in mind the gift of God's Son. In fact, William Tasker said, the divine gift of Jesus Christ is a gift which inspires all other gifts. Indeed, it truly is the gift that keeps on giving. In other words, to use perhaps one of our heroes' languages, one of our contemporary uh, heroes, John Piper. He, He is saying, in essence, we are to treasure God for His gift of Jesus and salvation, a gift that cannot be put into words. In fact, Dr. Piper, in teaching on this particular verse, said, there are five reasons why we should treasure this indescribable, unspeakable all-surpassing, too wonderful word, too wonderful for words gift. Number one, because it meets our need for peace with God and our forgiveness of sin. Number two, it gives us joy and not judgment beyond the grave. Number three, it and it alone truly satisfies our deepest longings. Number four, it gives us a personal relationship with the one true God. And number five, it gives us power to love and it gives us Power for change. Now, let me wrap all this up. There's something really marvelous and unique about this gift. The first point I would say is this is a gift that you get to keep, but at the same time, you get to also give it away without losing it. Now, that's not true of many gifts. Here's a gift that you get to keep forever and ever and ever, and yet at the same time, you get to give it away and you have no fear of losing it. In fact, the more you give it away, the more precious it becomes. You get to give this gift away to your children. By God's wonderful grace, Charlotte and I were blessed with four sons, And he allowed me the privilege of giving this precious gift to all four of my sons. I can never thank God enough for that wonderful honor and that wonderful privilege. This is a gift that you can give to family members, your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, an aunt, an uncle, maybe someday for some of us, your grandchildren. It's a gift that you can give to friends, people that you love, people that God has brought into your life that you care for deeply. But this is what's most amazing to me. This is a gift that you get to give away to your enemies. You get to give it away to your enemies. And when you give this gift away to your enemies, not only is it possible that they might then become your friends, which that would be pretty cool, 
they actually can become your brother and your sister. I don't know any other gift in all of the world that accomplishes that. You were my enemy, but now you're my friend. You were my enemy, but now through this gift of the Lord Jesus Christ, you actually become my brother and you become my sister. All made possible because of this indescribable gift. This morning I checked because I do it on a regular basis, but I wanted to be very clear and precise this morning. According to the Joshua Project that does significant research in the area of missions, there is today still... 6,929 people groups that either have no access to this gift or very limited access to this gift. You put all those together and you're talking about 3.6 billion people that have either no access to this gift or very limited access to this gift. A gift, the only gift, that can satisfy the deepest longings and needs of their heart and of their soul. And so as you graduate from this place, it is my passionate prayer that you will be a really good gift giver, giving away the most precious gift ever given to humanity, giving away passionately, to use the Puritan phrase in this context, giving the gift away promiscuously, to as many people as you possibly can because this is indeed the gift that keeps on giving. Now, as I close, I want to give the gift away this morning, right now. Because you see, there are some of you here today that for whatever reason, up to this point in time in your life, you've never received this wonderful, indescribable, unspeakable gift called the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I just want to tell you very quickly how that can happen right now. First of all, recognize this. He loves you. He loves you with an unspeakable, indescribable, too great to put into words love. You say, how do you know that? Because He paid in full the penalty of all of your sin when He died on the cross. You see, the fact of the matter is, His love is so great, He took the judgment that you and I rightly deserve. He took the hell you and I rightly deserve. And God in His great power raised Him from the dead, and He is now the great King and the great Lord who is coming again. And today He extends to every single one of you here today this precious, wonderful gift of Himself. Now you say, well, why do I need the gift? Because you, like all of us, you're a sinner. Uh, you have rebelled against God. You have foolishly turned away from Him, and as a result of that, you are now in a great distance. There's a great gulf that exists between you and this one true and living God, and the only way that gulf can be bridged is by the beautiful cross of the Lord Jesus Christ that brings lost men and women and this great God together. And so today, on this graduation in December, today during this Christmas season, on behalf of the one true and living God, I want to extend to you an invitation to receive His indescribable, His unsurpassing, His too good, too great, too wonderful for words gift of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So for just a moment, I want to ask us to bow our heads and I want us to pray. And here's what I'm going to do. One of my heroes, Dr. Billy Graham, has done this probably thousands of times. I'm going to lead you in what he calls the sinner's prayer. There's nothing magical about the words. What matters is the sincerity and intent of your heart. But this much I can say to you on the authority of God's Word. If you, as I pray this prayer out loud, will voice this prayer to God in your heart, I can promise you, number one, He will hear your prayer. Number two, He will answer your prayer. And number three, He will save you by giving you the gift of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, Danny, you don't know who I am. You're right. You don't know what I've done. You're correct. But God knows both who you are and what you've done, and He loves you, and today He wants to save you. And so I want to invite you right now where you sit, if that is the need of your life, to simply voice this prayer to the Lord in your heart as I voice it out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank You that You love me. And I thank You that You died on the cross for all of my sins. I confess that I am a sinner and I truly need to be saved. Thank You for loving me enough to die for me. Thank You for bearing God's wrath in my place. Thank You for taking on my judgment. Thank You for paying in full the penalty of all of my sin. Today, I repent and turn from my sin, and I place all of my faith and trust in You. I believe that You answer prayer. I believe that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Today, I'm calling Save me, Lord. Thank you for giving to me this day your indescribable gift, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Heavenly Father, I do thank you that anyone praying that prayer in faith and sincerity, you have heard and you have answered. And Lord, it is that prayer that enables us to talk to you and it is a it is prayer that enables us to come into your presence and lord we thank you that you are a god who answers prayer especially the prayer of those who cry out to you for salvation and lord how i thank you that so many of us in this room know that and it is my prayer lord that some just now have experienced that marvelous touch of your mercy and grace as well lord you are a great god who has given to sinners an unsurpassing, indescribable gift named Jesus. And Lord, I thank You that these graduates here today know You, and they indeed wish to be about the business of giving away the gift that keeps on giving. Thank You again, Lord, for loving us to that degree. Thank You for gracing us with Jesus. We make our prayer in His name. Amen. And amen. Thank you again for listening to this chapel message from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. 
If you are thinking about theological education on the undergraduate or graduate level, including doctoral studies, we hope that you consider us. If you also find these chapel messages encouraging and a blessing to your walk with Christ, we hope that you will consider financially supporting Southeastern. Our graduates are literally serving the kingdom across this globe, working to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Your gifts will help to train more, and they will serve as a worthwhile investment in God's kingdom. You can find more information about attending Southeastern or supporting us financially at www.sebts.edu. We cover your prayers and trust that God will bless every good work you do for His glory. Thank you for joining us in our chapel services.